Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. It is very obvious to recognize that as many people are searching in their own endeavor and also even cause, God is not found in the equation or in the process. The Word of God clearly states that we are sinners, and sinners do not search the living God. I think about Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understand it. There is none that seek it after God. They are all gone out of the way, and they are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And the Bible is very clear. As sinners, we don't want to seek the Lord, and we don't want to get to know the Lord, and that is our nature. And, uh, and as much as we uh, see that example of Adam and Eve, hey, they hid from the presence of the Lord, didn't they? And as soon as they took of the fruit, they were hiding, and they were ashamed, and, and they were distant from the Lord God. And, uh, and that is a simple nature that we have even today. And many people often do not seek the Lord, but they seek sin in their life. And they seek themselves, as we talked about even this morning, of selfishness. And, and so much more in these last days. And even from their youth, sins are prevalent. According to the director of Youth for Christ in New York and, and, and also New Jersey, in the next 30 minutes, and these are the stats, 57 young people will run away from home. And, uh, and also we have 29 young people will attempt suicide. And uh, in the next 30 minutes, we have 22 girls under 19 years of age will receive an abortion. And also we have 14 teenage girls who will give birth to an illegitimate, illegitimate uh, I'm sorry, illegitimate baby. And then also, lastly, amazingly, 685 teenagers will use some form of narcotics. And, uh, I mean, we live in a very terrible world. And even though we live in a free world, hey, America is suffering, and many young people are suffering. And, uh, and they're not in any sense trying to search the Word of God or even trying to search uh, 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 the truth or even the living God. They're trying to search sin, the pleasure thereof. And we live in a very sad world where sins are solved, which brings great grief and sorrow. And when mankind do search God, and the way they somewhat want to feel religious and want to, in every sense, try to find the truth, they often uh, have gone about it the wrong way. And they often do it with a darkened heart, and that leads them to foolish worship. And uh, let's go to your Bibles to Romans chapter 3, verse 24. And uh, verse 21, I'm sorry. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. It says here, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, verse 21, but became vain in their imaginations. We talked about imaginations last week. And in their foolish heart was what? Darkened. Verse 22. 
professing themselves. I'm sorry, this is Romans chapter 1, I apologize. We're in Romans chapter 3, and I'm sure that's good scripture too. But verse, verse 22, Romans chapter 1, and, uh, and it, it was very quiet. So, <laughs> And I figured that I gave you the wrong chapter. All right. And uh, verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they become what? Fools. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And uh, many have tried to seek the Lord, all right, throughout the uh, ages, but they have gone about it the wrong way because of their darkened heart, and they have not truly sought the Lord and uh, in the right way and also uh, not knowing the truth. And many have been deceived in thinking that they are seeking the true God, but they're not. And they are contrary to what the Bible teaches, and they are truly far away from the truth, and they have deceived themselves. And, and often in this process of their own willful worship and searching for God, they truly do not exactly know who they worship, like the people in Athens. I think about Acts chapter 17. Now let's go there, Acts 17. And uh, how people, they have gone about it the wrong way. And in the process of worship as well, they have, in every sense, do not even know what they're doing. And they're hoping that it is the right thing. They're kind of wishing that, hey, they arrive in the truth. In Acts chapter 17, look at the preaching of the Apostle Paul to the Athenians. And the Bible says in verse 22 here, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too, what? Superstitious. And verse 23, as for as I passed by and beheld your devotions, all right, they were devoted to their worship. I found an altar with this inscription, let's say it together, to the unknown God. And I think Athenians were in every sense trying to be wise and trying to search I guess, uh, the celestial things, but they have gone about the wrong way, and, and they were just hoping that they will arrive to the true God or even the truth that they're searching for. But it's very obvious they were trying to worship the unknown God. And it says continually here, whom therefore, how do they worship? Angrily worship, okay? And him declare unto you. And Apostle Paul is basically saying, hey, you are searching, but you're searching it the wrong way. And you're doing it ignorantly. And let me tell you who he really is. And, uh, and, and he goes on to explain the revelation of God. And uh, first, he speaks of the general revelation, meaning creation. Look at verse 24 in that same chapter. It says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is a Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and have made one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. He's saying, hey, God is a personal God, and you could truly find out who he is. And it says in verse 28, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your poet have said, for we, also, we are also his offspring. 
For as much as then are the, we are the offsprings of God, we are not to think that the God is like unto gold, silver, or stone, graven by art and man's device. And, and that he's breaking down the reasoning of the Athenians. Hey, it's not sculptures you need to worship. It's not uh, creatures you need to worship. It's not uh, uh, anything that you see here in, cre- in creation or the creatures that you see. You need to serve the living God who has created all these things, and he has revealed himself to you and saying, there is an intelligent design, and there is a creator of the world that has given you life, and that's how you live every single day. And he's giving, you, he's giving the Athenians that reasoning and that argument so that they may truly understand. And then after he, ex- after he explains the general revelation, meaning creation, he goes on to explain the special revelation. And of course, in the Bible, there are different sorts of special revelation. And uh, God has given us his word, his scripture, that's special revelation. And also we see miracles in the Bible, that's special revelation. But the greatest special revelation is Jesus Christ. And that the Son of God came 2,000 years ago, and he preaches him and his resurrection. Look at verse 30. And it says, in the time of this ignorance, God winked at, but now God commanded all men everywhere, everywhere to repent. Because he had appointed a day in the which he would judge the world in righteousness by that man, okay, talking about Christ, whom he had ordained, whereof he had given assurance unto all men, in that he had raised him from the dead. And uh, he's giving the gospel and saying, hey, there is a Messiah, there is a Savior who is uh, uh, who has conquered dead, who could give you eternal life, and you need to trust him, the creator of the world, and the Savior of the world. So in summary, what was the Apostle Paul getting at as these people are trying to find God in their lives, and of course, they are doing ignorantly, and I believe what the Apostle Paul was getting at, hey, you cannot see God in your own way, because it will truly be the wrong way, and you're going about the wrong direction, and what you need to realize is what the truth of God has been revealed, and how he came as the Son of God, and died on the cross, and rose again. You need to believe in the revelation of God, rather than yourself trying to reveal, reveal God in your life. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and the conclusion that we arrive in today as we think about the scripture, we arrive in the conclusion that it's not man seeking God first, but God seeking us. And I believe that's what the Apostle Paul was getting at. Hey, stop worshiping God ignorantly in your own ways. Let me show you some revelation of God, creation starting, and then also the, uh, the great revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ who came and he lived for 33 and a half years and he died for the purpose of Calvary and that he rose again. And him you need to trust. Not trust in your own darkened heart and how you worship God and how you try to get to heaven. No, you need to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank God we have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior. And uh, it was in our own way we're trying to get saved. And, but it was a way that God has revealed to us. Hey, we didn't know how to be saved unless God showed us how to be saved. And it was him who saved us. 
And, uh, and, and I hope everyone is on the same page tonight concerning that doctrine. And there is no way for us to seek God unless He has revealed Himself to us. We are just merely responding to Him. And thank God He has revealed Himself in creation and through His Word, the Scripture, and also through His Son, Jesus Christ. And Christ came to seek the souls of mankind. The Bible says in Luke 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And uh, that's, what, that's why Jesus Christ came, because everybody was unprofitable, and there is none that do it good, no, not one. There's none that uh, uh, search after God, so Jesus Christ had to come and to search after the lost man, and, uh, and, and we, which, in which we are a part of that group. And, uh, and Christ, even tonight, is still seeking mankind to be saved. And thank God he found us, thank God we responded in his salvation calling, And uh, when we were truly terrible and deceitful and sinful and wicked, Christ sought for us. Hey, there there was nothing beautiful about us before salvation. Now, everything is beautiful because of his righteousness that has covered us. And that blood that has covered us. And that our sins are all forgiven. Our past, present, and future. And Jesus Christ is magnified in our lives. And that's what salvation is all about. It's all about Jesus Christ, not about us. And, uh, and, and, and But before salvation, how terrible we were. How wicked we were. How sinful we were. But Jesus Christ still loved us and sought after us. I think about what C.S. Lewis wrote concerning his own testimony of salvation. He said, night after night, feeling whenever my mind lifted even for a second from my work, the steady, unrelenting approach of him, whom I, also, whom I so earnestly desired not to meet, I gave in, admitted that God was God. And knelt and prayed, perhaps that night, the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England. And thank God, hey, we weren't worthy at all. But the, wor- uh, the, the, uh, the, greatest, uh, the greatest person came into our life, Jesus Christ, and that he saved us. And today we have been found uh, in Christ, like C.S. Lewis' testimony. And Christ desires for us to seek him. And that's why we are saved today, so that we may seek more of God. And before salvation, we weren't seeking God at all. But after salvation, after he found us and he revealed himself to us, hey, now we have this great desire to seek the Lord. And the Holy Spirit of God is always giving us that push. Hey, read the scripture. Listen to the preaching of God's word. Hey, uh, learn uh, about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Think about the things that is to come and, and what you need to obey concerning the commandments that is given to you. And the Holy Spirit of God is giving that illumination continually so that we may seek the Lord in this brand new life. And uh, what an opportunity that is. And before we weren't seeking him, now we have the great desire to seek him. That's a great, wonderful blessing. And the Spirit of God does that in our lives. And we're born again. We are his child and seeking to know our Father. And and may we continually seek the Lord. And uh, so how are we to seek him tonight as he has found us and he sought after us? And and after salvation, how are we to continually seek him? I'll share with you three biblical searchings that we must be engaged in on a day-to-day basis concerning this topic. Number one, we think about the way of sincerity. The way of sincerity. Let's go to your Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. 
Okay, Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, chapter 4, verse 29. It says here, But if, and uh, from thence, thou shalt seek the Lord thy God. And it says here, let's read it together, the rest of the verse. Thou shalt find him, if thou seek him, with all thy heart and with all thy soul. That's Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. And look at verse 30. It says, when thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shall be obedient unto his voice. So notice that phrase again in verse 29. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. You know, Charles Spurgeon once said, we need our God. He is to be uh, uh, had for the seeking, and he will not deny himself to any one of us if we personally seek his face. You know, our God, our God desires for us to seek him because of this reason. He cannot deny himself. We are in him, and he is in us. And uh, we have this one life with the Lord Jesus Christ. And our God desires for us to seek him. And, uh, but as we seek him, we must seek him with all of our hearts. With all of our hearts. I believe the sincerity of seeking the Lord have drawn cold. And Christ speaks of this and concerning the last days in Matthew 24. I know it's speaking to Israel in the sense what will happen to Israel in that context there. But in verse 11, the principle is the same. The Bible says, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And, uh, and we have many deceitful preachers and teachers even in this present time. Would you agree? And uh, they have the form of godliness, but they deny the truth thereof. And, uh, and they try to make people feel good about themselves. And in every sense, I, 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 I believe in encouragement, edifying people. But I believe uh, as, pro- as the pulpit is concerned and the preaching is concerned, hey, we must lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and that we must see the grace of God. That's how we get encouraged. Not trying to self-motivate ourselves into positive thinking and and also, there are a lot of deceitful doctrines, and they might sound nice, but it's truly contrary to the Word of God. And we must make sure we rightly divide God's Word and to know uh, what is truth and what is false so that we could be truly uh, a workman. And uh, that is not a shame in front of the Lord. And uh, let us make sure we're not easily deceived. We know the truth of God's Word and that we truly seek Him in this way because many false prophets are rising even now. But not only that, the world will allow sins to abound more. The Bible says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And because sins are so prevalent, hey, the love for Jesus Christ will wax colder. Why? We don't want to stand up against the crowd of those who are uh, always vouchering for sin and and we're kind of ashamed of our testimony in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we're afraid of that. And at the same time, uh, we are somewhat lukewarm as a Christian. And, and we kind of tend to cater to the world and try to also live for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we know that we cannot serve God and mammon. 
And uh, hey, we are in the light, my friend, and we got to make sure we uh, hate the one and, and love the other, and the other is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to encourage you, you know, as we live in this last day as well, let us be sincere and let us truly not serve God with, a, with hearts that are waxing cold, but that is fervent and fired up and truly dedicated to the Lord. And, uh, uh, and we could uh, uh, search God, but are we searching God with all of our hearts? And uh, do we give our hearts to the Lord? And every issues of life is filtered through, through, filtered through him. And I hope you're doing that. And I think for the cause of laziness and indifference and apathy and fear and respect of people rather than God, it's because we have truly, uh, in every sense, uh, 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 allowed sins in our lives or even compromised with the world. And we are not giving our hearts to the Lord as we should. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, let us seek the Lord with all of our hearts. And uh, when we do so, I believe there will be no disappointments. And God does not bring disappointment when we obey him. And there are always great rewards and there are always great blessings and satisfaction and contentment. I think about Isaiah 44, God says to Israel, the backsliding Israel, thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshru, and whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. You see, God promised, hey, if ye really are thirsty, if ye really want me, hey, I will not hide myself. I will pour out my blessings to you, and I will reveal myself to you. Hey, let us truly bank on that promise even tonight. If you're distant from the Lord and your heart is not dedicated to him wholeheartedly, I want to encourage you to dedicate yourself and say, Lord, I am your vessel, and this is my heart to you, and do whatever you wish uh, to do with my life, and I want to serve you with wholeheartedly and not just with uh, 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 a heart that is uh, 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 maybe 50% or 25%, but I want to live for you all the way through. Oh, God wishes to bless, but are we seeking him in sincerity? Are we truly thirsty for him? And uh, I think uh, 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 for many of us, we recognize that when we're thirsty, hey, we can't go on, and uh, we got to get that glass of water, don't we? And uh, to be honest with you, right now I'm thirsty. <laughs> I got a cold sore, my mouth is dry all day, and uh, I've been drinking coffee, and that doesn't really help either. And and it's kind of it's kind of got worse. And and uh, you know, uh, 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 you need that glass of water, and you and you got to make sure you have that before you eat anything or you do anything because you're thirsty, and and you got to get that water into your system. And I think about uh, one uh, a friend who was uh, who, one friend that I had who was. Really really into, you know, uh, uh, the uh, physical training and all these different things. And he said this. I don't know if it's true. He said the goal is not to get thirsty. And uh, meaning keep on drinking and drinking so that there is not a point during the day where you feel really thirsty. And, and when you feel thirsty, that means you're dehydrated, okay? And, uh, I mean, over 90% of our body is, you know, water. So, you know, we need that water all the time. And I thought about that, you know. I think our goal, to be honest with you, and, and not in any sense trying to uh, 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 have apathy or indifference here, but, you know, as we truly seek the Lord, let us always be 
uh, uh, watered all the time. And that in every sense that, hey, we don't have dry ground in our Christian wall, but it's well watered water by His Spirit, and it's well watered with His truth and His direction and guidance. And let us truly have that uh, 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 great refreshing uh, visit with the Lord all the time. Oh, are we truly uh, 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 wanting that water and that presence of the Lord Jesus in our lives? I think about before the Great Awakening for three days, Jonathan Edwards did not eat a morsel of food nor close his eyes and sleep. Over and over again during those days, he cried out, Oh God, give me New England. Give me New England. Because of his total devotion to Christ, Edward was able to preside over the great revival in American history. Fasting for the purpose of seeking God, you see, will be rewarded. And, uh, you know, uh, as much as Jonathan Edward was asking for New England, I hope you're asking for a new you. And uh, I need to ask, give me new Jimmy Pat. You know, God desires for us to be renewed every single day. That means tomorrow you need to be renewed, and the next day you need to be renewed. And uh, if you're the same person as you were in 2013, hey, that means your Christian life is dry, my friend. And you're not truly growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and you're not having a sincere walk with him. And, and somewhere you backslide. And somewhere you stop searching the Lord with all of your hearts. Oh, I want to encourage you tonight that you pray to God and you stay thirsty for the Lord if you're dry today. And that you ask for his blessing. You ask for his presence in your life. And I believe when you do so, he will truly bless you. And uh, I wonder... If you would truly seek the Lord even this week, and, and I hope your heart is not somewhere else. I hope your heart is in tune with the Lord Jesus. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 I think about the song. I, I love this children's song. I sometimes sing it and uh, when I'm having uh, some meditation with the Lord. And, and uh, I sing that song, you know, whisper a prayer in the morning and whisper a prayer at noon and whisper a prayer in the evening to keep your heart in tune. And uh, it goes on, you know, uh, Jesus loves me in the morning and then also in the, in the noontime, in the evening. And, uh, 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 and then the last verse, you know, I love that. Jesus, you know, Jesus may come in the morning. Jesus may come in the noontime or in the evening. So keep your heart in tune. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I wonder if God will find you sincere. And I hope your heart is in tune with him every single day. And because by our hearts, okay, we truly lead our lives. Every issue of life is produced by what we harbor and what we keep in our hearts. And I hope Jesus Christ is uh, on that throne of your heart today and that you truly are in tune with him and that every decision, every choice is for the Lord. Let us truly have the way of sincerity. If you want to seek him, Make sure God has your heart. Make sure you're totally dedicated to him. Number two, the way of mending. The way of mending. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God. And for he will abundantly pardon. You know, as born-again believers, we are not above sin. 
I hope you recognize that. And I, you know, as I, you know, grow older in, in this Christian life, I realize I have always come shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And uh, sometimes you get a little frustrated with yourself. And how come I can't change? And how come I have this problem? And, but thank God for God's grace, amen? That's why we grow in the grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We don't grow, we don't grow by works. We don't grow by keeping rules or law. We grow in grace. It's all about Jesus having grace upon us and being patient with us. And, uh, but I'm simply saying tonight we're not above sin, and we could have temptation of sin. And we could have the appetite for sin. And in many circumstances in our lives, we need to mend our sinful ways to seek our holy God. And a holy God will not be compromised, God's people say. And he is way up there, we're down here, and uh, he needs to stay up there, and, and he needs to stay holy and lofty. All right, and that's who he is. And, and uh, in every sense, you know, uh, we have nothing to do with that. And he is already holy, and he is already lofty. I think about an uh, illustration. This is not Christmas time, but I heard about a small boy writing a letter to Santa about the Christmas present he wanted. And I've been a good boy for six months now, he wrote. And after a moment's reflection of his life, he crossed out six months and wrote three. And after a pause of guilt once again, he changed it to two weeks, and there was another pause, and he erased again in disappointment. Finally, the small boy, being ignorant of the difference between Santa and the Bible, got up from the table and went over to the little nativity scene that had the figures of Mary and Joseph, and he picked up the figure of Mary and went back to his writing and started again, and he said, Dear Santa, if you ever want to see your mother again, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, as we think about that illustration, you know, the boy was trying to make some compromise, you know. Uh, hey, uh, uh, in every sense, you know, even though I have done wrong, hey, I deserve this. But, ladies and gentlemen, hey, we serve a holy God, and, and there is no, in every sense, that we can make a transaction or a deal uh, 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 for our own benefit, and uh, all the benefits go to God, and all the glory goes to God. Hey, uh, 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 we need to make sure that we're submissive to Him. And uh, that we're not in control of this life, but God is. And let us make sure we're submissive in that way. If there are some things you need to mend, and also we need to uh, uh, ha- seek recon- reconciliations about, let us do so. And uh, we are uh, many times confused with our, uh, with our God, and that uh, we are always trying to, in every sense, compromise our walk and our way of life and thinking that everything's okay and try to justify our sin. But the Bible is clear. God said, be holy for what? I am holy. And meet my standards. I don't want to meet your standards. And when we, uh, 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 when we are uh, seeking in that way, I believe we are drawing closer to him. And uh, when we should find forgiveness and righteousness, when is that? I believe that's now. And uh, God does not wish for you to postpone in seeking him. I think about Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. The Bible says, Sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, For it is time to seek the Lord. Till he come and rain righteousness upon you. You have plowed in wickedness. You have reaped in iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies. Because thou didst trust in thy way. And the multitude of thy mighty men. And you see, it is time to seek the Lord. And if you're not right with God, it's time to seek the Lord. That's what the Bible is saying. And our God is merciful. Thank God. Our God is compassionate. 
I think about Lamentation 3.22. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassion fail not. You know, if we just meditate upon his mercy and grace, then we will truly repent. If we truly dwell on that. If we just dwell on ourselves and, and think about ourselves and be selfish and be prideful, we will not know his mercy and grace. And we will truly, in every way, not seek the Lord, but seek ourselves. Oh, I stand in respect of the prayer, uh, respect of prayer that George Washington, the first president of this great nation, wrote when he was about 20 years old in his journal. He said, Oh, most glorious God, in Jesus Christ, my merciful and loving Father, I acknowledge and confess my guilt in the weak and imperfect performance of the duties of this day. I have called on thee for pardon and forgiveness of sins, but so coldly and carelessly that my prayers have become my sin and stand in need of pardon. What a man of contrite heart. He says, I have heard thy holy word, but with such deadness of spirit that I had been an unprofitable and forgetful hearer, so that, O Lord, though I have done thy work, yet it had been so uh, negligently that I may rather expect a curse than a blessing from thee. Wow. You know, uh, he was trying to, in every sense, get right, but he felt so guilty about his sinful nature and his sinful state. He said, I'm not even doing it the right way. And, uh, and what a humble man. And, and uh, you know, we are so guilty of having the deadness of spirits as well. And, and we are always being a forgetful here. And, and uh, you know, the Bible says, uh, uh, to them that have ears, let them hear. And, and uh, hey, we, we, have, we hear all the time, but... The thing is, we are terrible, terrible, uh, we are terrible at uh, 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 memorizing and meditating. We are forgetful hearers, and we're indifferent about holiness and indifferent about godliness and righteousness. And uh, even when we do wrong, there are no tears shed when we say, I'm sorry to God. And there are no true repentance. And we go back to that sin after a week. We go back to that sin after a month. Why? Because we have sought the Lord, not in a contrite and humble way. There was still room for Jimmy Pat there. There was still room where you were reigning, even though you're trying to get right with the Lord. I'm just simply saying that we need to just lay all on the altar, God's people say. Just lay all on the altar and truly confess to the Lord of the sins that really makes havoc of our lives. And uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know it is sin, and you seek the Lord in prayer, and it doesn't really, really feel like you got right with the Lord. Because you have not truly sought the Lord in humility and repentance. And uh, there, was, there, there was somebody in your heart that was still reigning, and that is you. And, uh, and you're still justifying yourself. You're still making it okay. Oh, let us truly repent toward the Lord. Number three, and uh, we had the way of meekness. We had the way of meekness. Zephaniah 2, 3, the Bible says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness and meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. You know, meekness is often seldom found. We are too proud, we are too arrogant, and we think we know very much about everything. And, uh, you know, though he was not a believer, we would have to agree with Socrates. He said, 
The only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. Okay? And even though he was an unbeliever, uh, he was right. And remember James chapter 4, verse 6, but he giveth more grace wherefore he saith, God resists the who? The proud, but he giveth grace unto the who? who? The humble. And uh, God is always drawing near to them who are humble. By the way, the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You see, we already found him. And the reason why we're distant from the Lord as a Christian is because we have sinned against him. And we need to cleanse our hearts and confess our sins and that draw near to God. And in humility and in grace. We cannot draw near to God when we are prideful, only when we are humble and meek. How do we know when someone is truly becoming more like Christ? By the evidence of humility and meekness. I had jury duty this past Friday. And the first time being in jury duty. I I became a citizen four years ago. I've been a just legal resident uh, for, I mean, I don't know, I guess 20 plus years. And uh, I just became a citizen. And uh, my wife vouched for me. She wanted to have me stay in America. And uh, so I became a citizen. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I would have just stayed anyway with the residency. And uh, sorry, that wasn't that funny, was it? Okay, so I'll take it back. (laughs) All right, but... um, and, uh, I mean, uh, you know, you have to report every single day, right, to, to know if you need to be called. It's like almost like, I don't know, being called to like a, uh, I don't know, like a TV show or something. It's like, oh, I wonder if I'm called today. And you kind of look. And then you kind of pray every day. You don't want to be called because, you know, you got a lot of stuff to do. And the Buddha's a sit is a good experience. And uh, uh, Monday, you know, I, I looked at the website. I don't have to show up on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, I looked at, I have to show up on Wednesday. And on Thursday, I have to show up. And on Friday, when there's a lot of rain and thunderstorm, I have to go in. <laughs> and, uh, and by the way, they put me in L.A. downtown. I live in Gardena. My wife had, you know, the one in Torrance over here. But they had to put me in a criminal court with her, <laughs> Brooks. And, uh, and I forget the name of it. It's a Hispanic name. And uh, it's right on uh, Temple Street. And... Uh, and, uh, and uh, I went there on Friday, and they had, I had to show up at 7.45 in the morning. I was just frustrated in the beginning. There was a lot of traffic. I was all by myself, and it was rain, raining, pouring. And, uh, and I was just thinking, God, thank God I have an umbrella in the trunk. And, uh, and uh, I forgot about it, but then my wife always has an umbrella in the trunk. So, and I had that. But I couldn't find parking that day, and I was so frustrated. And I said, man, Ellie downtown stinks. <laughs> and uh, I had to pay $18 to uh, park my car, and, and I had to walk two blocks to get to uh, this courthouse. And, and I went in there, and everything went wrong. And, and, uh, and, you know, you have to empty everything out and put everything in the basket, you know. And uh, I do really well in the, air, I mean, in the airport. I mean, I'm very professional, and I could take my belt up and the shoes in, in a matter of two seconds or something, you know. And I'm always ready for it. But this kind of threw me off. I wasn't ready. And then, and then the, the sheriff, uh, the policeman was keep on saying, make sure you have everything out of your pocket. Make sure you have everything out of your pocket. And then, you know, I had two baskets. I got everything out. I put my bag in and everything else. And then I found my key. I was like, oh, man. So I was, my baskets already went in. So I had to go back and get another basket and put my key in just with the one basket. And then, and then, and the guy kept on saying, you got to get everything out of your pocket. In my back pocket, I had found something else, a piece of paper. So I had to put it back in. And then I used six baskets for everything. And uh, so, 
uh, I feel very dumb. And then I got on the elevator, and I went to the fifth floor, and then and I was running late. I, I think I was like one minute away from going into orientation. And then I was thinking, where is my jury summon? <laughs> where is my jury summon? I had it when I got to, you know, that, you know, uh, the, the, uh, I guess that check station. I had it. Where is it? And so I had to go back, and then and I talked to the sheriff. I think I lost my jury summon. And, uh, hey, he lost his jury summon. And, then, and then the guy, oh, yeah, here it is. And then I found it. I guess it got lost in the little uh, machine there. And then I went back up there, and then uh, there were, like, I think, good 60 people in there. And uh, we went through the orientation. But I texted my wife during that orientation. And, and the, first of all, the judge, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated. I'm in the flesh. I'm sorry. I'm a human being. I'm, I have a sinful nature sometimes, okay? And uh, I was a little frustrated even in that morning. And nothing really went well. I already paid 18 bucks, And I lost my jury summon. I used six baskets to get my things going. And uh, so, uh, and uh, the judge comes up. And uh, he is nervous, Brother Brooks. I don't know why. He's just nervous, and, uh, and uh, he's talking in a very nervous tone, and, and he goes on in 10 minutes explaining the jury system, and, and which I appreciate it. That's wonderful. And then, uh, 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 and then uh, this guy comes up and gives a little bit more of explanation what's going to happen, but he is yelling at the top of his lung. I don't know why. And uh, I, mean, I mean, everything that he says was at the climax, and uh, almost he was preaching. And uh, he said, uh, uh, make sure you have your jury badge on. And all these, you know, different comments. And then so I had a question. I said, uh, question, <laughs> because he said, anybody question? Any, anybody have a question? I said, well, I have a question. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, because he talked about postponement. You could postpone. And like 20 people got up and wanted to postpone for the day. And uh, so I, okay, I, I have a question. I said, yes. And I said, well, sir, um, uh, now, if I were to postpone, do I need to get back to this courthouse? Meaning, you know, to this same courthouse. Because I don't want to drive back here. And he said, yes, of course. You need to come back to the courthouse. We'll call you out. And I said, okay. I mean, I was like raising my hand. And because I didn't want to offend him. Because he was yelling at the top of his lung when he was answering my question. I said, no, I'm saying, do I need to come back to this courthouse? And he said, yes. And he just gave me this very stern look. I said, okay, okay, I'm just asking, okay? And uh, so, and then after that, this guy went back to his office. And, and then this lady comes up. And uh, this lady, she is talking to us like we're, we're in second grade. I mean, we're, we're in like kindergarten or something. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and just kind of mocking us and, and uh, acting like we really don't know anything. And, and uh, uh, she explained what the cafeteria is, where the bathroom is. And, and then this point she had, and uh, guess what, folks? We have a payphone here. And, uh, and she said... Do you guys know what pay phones are? And I said, I, you know, I was kind of looking, yeah, I kind of do. And they said, you know, where you put the coins in the machine, and then you call people. And, uh, you know, some of you remember that, but some of you probably don't. And she turned her head, looked right at me, and she said, yeah, you, you probably don't remember that. And I'm like, me? <laughs> yeah, you. I was like, okay. <laughs> I do remember that. I remember MCI. I remember co- having collect calls to my mom. And uh, I was so frustrated in my heart. I'm like, I want to get out of this elementary class. <laughs> I want to get out of this place. And uh, but I, was, I ended up staying, ter- staying there to 4 o'clock you know, in the afternoon. And I was never called. Thank God for that. And, uh, but I do want to experience it one day where I do get to become a, you know, be in a panel and then you know, see the trial at hand. But... And uh, I remember the Lord speaking to my heart with all those sequences of frustration. And uh, the Lord said, 
You know, uh, Jimmy, with, if these little things really bother you, you know, how are you doing ministry? <laughs> how are you doing ministry? And how are you loving people? And, uh, and I thought to myself, you know, these people are in every sense insecure. The guy yelling at the top of his lung, I don't know, he had a lot of tattoos on his arm. And uh, maybe he has some background of, I don't know, uh, 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 not sure. I'm not going to accuse him of anything, but he has some hurts, I don't know. And, and maybe he has insecurity of controlling things in the moment. And uh, I'm not sure uh, what this lady went through. And she has some insecurity there and, and treating us like we're elementary school. And, and I realized, you know, uh, I, might not know hold the, I might not know the big story. And it's not about Jimmy Pack. And, 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 and though I might get frustrated, I realize that some people have reasons why they are what they are. And, and uh, you know, uh, even though I want to speak up to that lady, and, and I really wanted to go in front of her and say, I used to pay for him before. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to say that. And, uh, you know, but I didn't. And uh, I just read my Bible and got right with God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, but humility and meekness goes a long, a, a long way if you truly live by it. I think about Dr. Uh, Bonar, the gifted Scottish preacher and hymn writer of the 1800, put it very well concerning this topic. He said it's very obvious when a Christian was growing in grace. In proportion to his great, uh, growth in grace, he would elevate his master, talk less of what he was doing, and become smaller and smaller in his own esteem. Until, like the morning star, he fade, faded away before the rising sun. Jonathan was willing to decrease that David might increase. And John the Baptist showed the same spirit of humility. And I hope you are decreasing and Jesus Christ is increasing. And if you truly want to seek the Lord, you've got to decrease. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are broken spirit, and save it such as be of a contrite spirit. And uh, how many remember the story of Miriam, Aaron, and Moses, where Miriam, Aaron went to Moses, hey, who are you? And uh, challenged this leadership. And the Bible says in verse 3 of that chapter, now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Now, who did God stand with? Aaron, Aaron and Miriam? No. God stood with Moses. And by the way, who interceded for Miriam when she was struck with leprosy? Moses. The Bible says he cried out. He said, dear God. You know, uh, no, I'm sorry, not dear God. <laughs> That's not the Bible. And, uh, and uh, uh, let me just, uh, uh, let's go to Numbers 12, and I want you to notice this. Numbers 12. And, uh, and the verse number... Uh, And verse 13, it says here, And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Hear, he, uh, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. I mean, you know, a regular Joe would say, Hey, you got what you deserve. Okay. But Moses said, Heal her now. He says, I'm interceding for her. I beg of you, Lord, heal her. Cure her. And uh, the reason is because he was meek. And, uh, and uh, you know, as we think about Moses, the, the most, I mean, the, the greatest uh, uh, person of example concerning meekness is our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
and what a great picture of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, he was so meek and willing to love us. And that's the same way we need, to do, we need to do our ministry and our walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. And that we stand meek and that we stand in humility. And we could really rise to the occasion and try to say, it's all about us, it's all about me. But it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have made that mistake. I even made that mistake even today. And, uh, you know, uh, I made that mistake even yesterday. And, and our flesh fights all the time so that it could rain. But let the Spirit of God help you. And let the Spirit of God really suppress that egotistic ideas and philosophy. And that you would truly seek the Lord in meekness. And let us truly be humble in in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the presence of the Lord. And may he increase and may we decrease. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful evening. I pray that you help us, Lord.